Welcome, this is the Teaching Excellence Podcast for all things FE, teaching, learning, assessment, quality and possibly a few other things along the way. Hosted by Steph Wilkinson and Jade Gibson, leaders in FE who want to support others and make a difference and hopefully spread a little happiness whilst we're at it. Welcome to the Teaching Excellence podcast. Um, today I am joined by Bryony Everett-Hackford. How are you, Bryony? I am good. Thank you so much for uh, inviting me to be on the podcast. I'm really excited to be here. You're very welcome. I've been wanting to talk to you for a little while um, because I've been watching some of the things that you've been doing. Obviously, we connected on Twitter quite a while ago now and um, I've been doing almost, it's, it's evolved like organically but I've ended up with a mini series around professional development and professional learning and you've been doing some great stuff um around that so yeah thanks for being here no problem at all how how have you been how are you doing yeah really good I'm a bit nervous not gonna lie uh, but I'm really excited to have this opportunity to chat with you um and it's been so lovely listening to all the other people that have been on on the podcast and seeing that real sort of shared experience with professional learning so um no, I'm really excited to have that opportunity so thank you you're welcome and like you said it has been um a big conversation I think in the last 15 months hasn't it around professional yeah. development there's been so much change in the landscape of professional development what that's looked like what opportunities they've been um how people have engaged with that and the doors have opened ultimately we did see a period of time where people got a bit exhausted <laughs> um, people were like sponges weren't they and they were like trying to get to everything yeah. and I was gonna say I signed up to everything left right and center and you do get to that point at which you're like okay let's take a deep breath and just calm down a little bit but but isn't that so fantastic actually to go from a situation that pre-lockdown where professional learning always looked about how can I block out a day how am I going to travel to this place what's the finances how is this all going to work and now you've just got professional learning at the tip of your fingers on all different topics with amazing people at a drop of a hat I mean it's just so so exciting but yeah you do have to manage how much you sign up for definitely <laughs> Definitely. And um, I was the same, you know, I, I was, I accessed things I'd never even heard of before. Yeah. Things that, things, um, but there were very new things where there, there was yeah. all sorts grew and um, got sort of launched out there. And, and they were just amazing to go and see and, and network with other people or just see what other people were doing. Um, and I think now it's kind of um, come to a point where there's lots of things continuing to happen and people are now thinking about this blended approach because you can't really replace um, some of the physical stuff in, yeah. in the just building of relationships and wanting to be around people that you kind of um, you know off you know from Twitter or you've, yeah. met, you've met virtually but actually so there will be that re-emergence of um, events physical events but I think this building of networks this building of events that are online has just been phenomenal yeah well I, I think of it it's really interesting you know I if I started naming um, the people that are so fundamentally part of sort of my own personal confidence building process at the moment um, you know I've I think I've only met one of them in person. You know, they are playing such a prominent role in my own development. Um, and I haven't met 
most of them, you know, it's all been through Twitter and it's all been through these types of forums. Um, and that's quite incredible. That's really exciting um, to think that that of that potential, which a year ago you never would have really entered, I suppose. No, and we kind of may, you know, there were we people were active on Twitter and we we acknowledge Twitter's not the be all and end all. Um, mm -hmm. However, it's a really good place, isn't it? And so many, and the same, so many people that have come into my life that have um, been part of these professional discussions that I've had, the growth, the learning, the just the, the, just the inquiry about, is this the same for somebody else? Is it different for someone else? Actually, there are so many people that have, I've never met in person either, yeah. but have been really influential in, yeah. um, in, but it's really funny with Twitter up until I would say a month um, prior to lockdown, I was one of those really awkward Twitter users where I didn't really get it, didn't really get how you were supposed to post on it. Um, and just sort of, you know, and now it is absolutely a part of my everyday dialogue, constantly um, making connections and learning. And what I really love about Twitter, I mean, I'm only on Twitter myself, but there was a real... Um, vulnerability with how people were talking about this last year mm -hmm. uh, and a real uh, sort of open quality for people to go do you know what this worked really well but to also share mistakes yeah. um, and that made the whole sort of process a little bit more human and to make you feel a little bit like you are part of this collective shared experience not just on a local level mm -hmm. but also on a national global level and everyone is just taking day by day to try and figure it out you know and and what I loved about the networks and communities and the Twitter sphere as I call it is that they were so open to share that um, mm -hmm. and that learning has definitely informed and enhanced what the approaches that we took here you know yeah, no, I love that. It's that sh like shared vulnerability, like you say. Yeah. There was that. There was that, and there was people that came together because of that. Absolutely. And, and I think that was really powerful. Um, people did find Twitter in lockdown and found how useful it can be. And I think you know the more I backed off from it a little bit recently, um, more because I, I think it was part of that online overwhelm. You know the yeah. screens, the social media, everything. Everything was virtual, wasn't it? So yeah. I found myself sort of just backing off a little bit um, and becoming a little bit more passive. But um, found my stride again now a little bit. You know, getting out into the world, seeing real people again, and 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 now reestablishing that balance. So, um, what I really wanted to talk to you about was um, what you've been doing over the last few years, if if not longer, in terms of um, professional development, professional learning at mm -hmm. your college, because you've been doing some amazing stuff. So, um, talk to me about that. Take take us back to wherever you want to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's quite um, it's quite a big journey, really, in terms of, and it, it didn't start with with me at all. Um, I came into a central teaching and learning role back in 2018, um, and the the cultural shift um, started, you know, long before that with our now principal Andrew Cornish um, and our assistant principal Amanda Daniels. Um, they completely approached an, over, an overhaul of the approach to, to teaching and learning, um, you know, making 
taking it from being sort of like, um, you know, something not really discussed to actually making it the heart of our vocabulary here in the college. And it was really amazing, actually, because at that time, um, my background's performing arts. So I was still in the performing arts department at that time. So it's really lovely to actually have been in a position where I experienced that cultural change as a member of staff, you know, participating in the culture uh, change mm. to now being in a position where I'm responsible for for changing things that we're doing. And that's been really, really fundamental because I do find myself stopping and thinking, right, okay, if I was back in that position, back mm. in curriculum, how might I react to what's what's being asked? Would that work for me? Would that help me? So it was really lovely actually to experience both, both sides of that. Um, so back in about 2015, um, they, there was sort of a, a new framework, professional learning framework put in place um, called the Excellence Pathways. Um, and it was a way of talking about teaching and learning from a very tailored personal perspective of individual members of staff. So not kind of one size fits all, everyone goes to this session, then everyone goes to that session, but actually getting individuals to think about what is it they want? What is it they need? When they look at their day-to-day -day teaching and learning, what are the strengths? What are they enjoying? What can they celebrate? What can we champion? What can be shared? Um, but also thinking about, okay, here is something I need to develop. This is something I'm, you know, I'm not confident on, or I haven't tried this before. So it all stems from a self-evaluation process, which goes out in sort of August, September time in order um, for staff to really consider sort of key competencies of teaching and learning. And then from there, then that instigates um, professional dialogue with, um, you know, whether that be with line managers or if that be with um, central team um, to think about how can we support that individual to develop, you know, getting them the right sort of training, the right sort of sharing, or if it's mentoring and coaching, you know, all the different things that people need in order to be able to really believe in themselves. I think that's that's what it's about, you know, and another sort of element of those extended pathways. I mean, FE is phenomenal. I am a huge FE lover. I just think it's an absolutely phenomenal sector. And one of the things that I, I love about it is just how diverse it is. You know, the routes and channels that people take to get to FE are, are very different to those more sort of straight trajectories that might get you into secondary or into HE or into primary. A lots of people I speak to, and myself included, I found myself, I ended up in FE. <laughs> I wasn't entirely sure what it was when I first got here. I was like, so what, what are we doing? Um, and but what that means is because you've got lots of people that have had a sort of a more sort of squiggle route in is that people's have got really dynamic, you know, experiences and dynamic backgrounds and that one size fits all approach to professional learning doesn't embrace that, you know, and essentially I really strongly feel that we have everything that we need in-house you know mm -hmm. and so the excellence pathways was really about supporting that self-sustaining professional learning where our practitioners were sharing with each other mm -hmm. were you know inviting people into classrooms inviting professional discussions sharing ideas um you know and then occasionally we'll go out to bring people in but it but it's all in-house you know we've got seven campuses 
with really, really dynamic range of subject areas. And my, my favorite things are when you've got someone from one area, you know, that, that's perhaps very, very specialist sharing training with another area that doesn't cross over and is very specialist in itself, you know, and that's, that's sort of what those pathways were doing. It was about really embedding the language of professional learning. And I think when I was in curriculum, I felt that change, you know, massively, I felt that change. And I, I genuinely, you know, I just say in this, but I genuinely wouldn't be doing this job now if I I didn't have that experience of the of the pathways because it made me think about what I want. Yeah. And not only made me sort of think about it, but then the right people in the college put the right things around me to help me help me grow. And the first step was um, you know, taking on some coordination in in a particular, you know, area. Um, then I became a governor of the college and that has been instrumental in sort of learning about the bigger picture. And then I did some PGC teaching and then a teaching and learning manager role came up and it just that trajectory, all those things that the pathways enabled me to experiment with, yeah. all of you know, went in to form that 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 process then really. Yeah. So that's that's kind of like the bit up until then 2018. And we sort of, well, where do we go now? How do we, what's the next evolutionary stage? And you know, and I'm really, really proud of the um our culture of curiosity as we refer to it, our action research, practitioner research um approach. But that couldn't have started without all of that work that had happened beforehand you know it it felt like the next way in order to be able to make the training even more personal you know giving that ownership to individual staff and that first year of our um, culture of curiosity it was it was a very much well let's see let's put the idea out there um let's see if anything comes from it let's see if anyone's interested and yeah it was there was um a real take up on it in terms of people people are naturally curious and what we were able to do was to kind of harness that yeah. and um sort of amplify it I suppose you know yeah I think it's really interesting actually just flicking back to like before 2018 um that idea that we ask staff what their what pathways they want to go down and yeah. what, what they wanted to try and achieve or what they wanted to work on or what were their areas for development and I think I feel quite strongly that we do have to create a framework by which people can reflect yeah. um, so if you think about coaching strategies coaching mechanisms often if you just say what are you good at what needs to be better you know that's so open that's so yeah. big there's nothing wrong with that but we can really help sort of channel that thinking and and, and facilitate really powerful thinking if we have a framework by which we can reflect yeah and so, I think if you pose if you leave it that open then action is very difficult to follow after that you know if you only ever get people to that point where they're identifying strengths and weaknesses but they're not having a framework within which they can actually do something with that analysis yeah. then then I think stuff you know very quickly could disengage with that process if they don't feel like look I'm going through this reflection what's the outcome what's the impact of that what's now happening that wouldn't have happened before yeah and I think and and this for me this all ties into this sense of professionalism yeah and um professional you know some colleges still call it appraisal or personal development planning mm -hmm. um 
sometimes all of these things are seen in isolation yeah actually there's a real there's a real there can be some real momentum there if people are encouraged and all of the processes align so that people are helped to think through their practice their the professional development and what that actually means for them and like you say it's about it being meaningful yeah rather than what are you good at what can you share what needs to be better yeah right now you've got an action against that off you go yeah you know it needs to be sort of more more structured more a bit more vision a bit more um you know this college why it, it links to cultures then and, and like you said it yeah terminology around culture of curiosity going yeah. forward from 2018 but um it's the mechanisms by which we get people to see themselves as autonomous in their in their development. Yeah, and I think the other thing as a sort of a side angle to that, which we really tapped into with the culture of curiosity is that actually that process that they go through in the first instance must be meaningful to them and to their learners and to their immediate practice. But actually the organization needs to show that that process you're going through is really meaningful to us too. So it's not a case of people then siloed in these reflective journeys, but actually the learning that comes from those reflective journeys should then enhance the organisation and should grow the organisation or change things that, that occur within the organisation because someone's gone, Do you know what, I've, I've gone through this process, I recognise I could be stronger in this, so I've discovered this, I found this out, or I, I recommend we could all do this. And so then the, the organisation then needs to listen to that and, and to apply that learning. And, and again, that, that really underpins, I suppose, some of the key components of our culture of curiosity is that that is about voice. It's about um, placing value on the, the amazing experts and stuff that we have in, in-house. You know, we, we talk about it a lot, don't we, in, in sort of different chats on Twitter is that you know you in the room you're the expert you know what's best at that moment you know what's best for those learners you know what's best for the the curriculum so let's use that and and empower it I mean that that is what the culture of curiosity is is about is giving people ownership and voice yeah I love that actually because um often is it isn't it just nice to ask the question of what have you learned and therefore what can we change as a college yeah well our, our strap line is you can make a difference what do you want to change so it's not kind of like are you interested in changing things or maybe maybe you could like, it's like no you can make a difference ah. what do you want to change so it's very much active it's a it's a statement of you can do it and it will create meaningful impact on it. On and Im- imagine having everybody engaged in professional development, professional learning, and then um, as you get towards the end of the year, based on what you've reflected, based on what you've learned, you put a suggestions in the suggestion box. Yeah. Like, I don't mean like, you know. I know, I'm getting a jar. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mean the stuffy suggestion box that no one wants to ever write and put a suggestion in. But I just mean that notion of, based on what you've learned, put it in the suggestion box. Yep. And and let's then look at all, like imagine covering yep. the wall in the suggestions. Yeah, I mean, we've got lovely little examples in the college, just in the couple of years that we've been doing practitioner research where 
somebody has said, do you know what? We could do that a little bit better. We could do that in a different way. And they've gone away, they've explored it. And they've, um, you know, we're, we're very lucky here that all the way up to exec are really, really open with the culture that we're trying to establish and really supportive. So they listen to the recommendations from that member of staff. And then in that particular area, it has changed practice, you know, and, and you just see them for those members of staff where they can see, oh, actually, I, I suggested that we're doing this because I thought that was a really good idea. And that just, just looks really, you know, it just gives somebody that sort of confidence and that faith in their thinking. And, you know, and, and even if you take it down to sort of a really short, shorter version of that, often people, often teachers can say, oh, well, I've, I've suggested things and I, it, you know, yeah. I've said it a couple of years in a row or I've, I've I've mentioned that before and it doesn't get listened to but one I suppose it's about like you said having a hunch or having a a, a suggestion but really having that sort of background exploration yes. that goes with it yeah. um, so that you've got this this is what I've looked at this is how I've thought about it and this is what I'm making as the suggestion yeah also you know that um sort of real thinking about things in a way that's innovative as well so um I, I mentioned earlier that you know innovation for me is not the big shiny things it's just mm -hmm. about pushing the boundaries of what we normally do or what we've always done or and how can we think more um creatively how can we nudge nudge things forward but in a way that's a bit more efficient or a bit more effective and I think you know for me innovation is adding all of those little nuggets together yes sometimes it can be big big projects big ideas yeah. but you know developing that culture where suggestions are valued suggestions are heard yeah. um, and actually put into action I think that's, yeah. that's massive yeah and I, I think what it helps to do you know because we all have those moments don't we where we can feel frustrated or oh I, we, we've got a missed opportunity here or we could be doing this a completely different way and I think you know just even in that basic level it gives people a framework and a language with which to go okay yeah that is frustrating mm. here now I can pick this up and I can approach this from a way where actually if I do go away and look into it and I can explore it see what others have done see what other writing is out there perhaps experiment myself and then from that extract a, an idea or a potential solution or a recommendation mm. it turns it into a much more sort of um, solution focused environment of people realizing actually they don't need to just be you know frustrated with something they can they can also do something about it and then take action yeah definitely definitely and I think you know then that's not it's not about attacking it's about actually working together as an organization to shape what we what we're doing and I'm really proud of that here you know that we're there's been such a buy-in right across the board here in terms of what we're what we're doing and what we're working towards mm -hmm. and that that really helps to give that foundation to keep growing the work that we're doing and and it's really exciting and it's it's nice that um that the culture of curiosity it pops up in all different places over the college as well in different sort of meetings or different opportunities of staff coming together 
So it really feels like it is starting to sort of, you know, permeate through right through, which is really exciting. Yeah, it's great. So talk to me about um, 2018 onwards then, you know, what are you yes. and, and what's happened and where you're going? Yes, yes. So um, actually I should say, usually my room is covered in flip chart paper everywhere, lots of like thinking and ideas on it. It's uh, not there at the moment, but um, so when we got to 2018, um, we started thinking about like, what next? Where do we want to go? Um, and I've always been really passionate about, um, you know, sort of practitioner research. And I was like, well, you know, that we've got pockets of it happening. So we we had um, a HE scholarly activity program. Um, we had um, an ILM program running, which had a research module in it. We had staff doing MAs and PhDs, and we had uh, PGC learners, and then a sprinkling of sort of others interested. I was like, look, we've we've got the beginnings of a, a community there. They're all working in silos. There was, you know, no crossover at all between those different groups. So the first thing to do was to tap into those groups that existed and pull them together in as one recognizable community and talk about it, talk about research, you know, and um, support them to go and share their work at events. Um, we were in the AOC conference in, in London in that year. And that was a really lovely boost to our confidence sort of to have uh, staff presenting um, in year one, which was, which was really great. Um, and at the end of that year, all of those different collections of people shared their work at the Festival of Practice. Um, and it felt really lovely to just take a step back and watch all this peer-to-peer -peer sharing happening. Um, and sort of how it worked with the Festival of Practice was that everybody had either a product or process focus for their workshop. So they could either hand over an idea, hand over a product, you know, or a resource or whatever it was they wanted to do. Or they could use the session to sort of do a peer review um, to inform their thinking and challenge their thinking, test their thinking um, and to move it forward. And people really liked that. They liked that there was this sort of it, it meant people felt part of the journey, even though if they hadn't done any research themselves that year for that hour, they were part of somebody's project. And, and that really springboarded then the ethos moving, moving forward. So we moved into, into year two of it, again, pulling on those different, different people, bringing those pockets together, um, using stuff that were sort of in our extended pathway, sort of advanced practitioners, bringing those together. Um, and then in this year, um, we're in a very lucky position where we've managed to secure some funding from a professional development fund to actually um, buy learners out of the um, out of their a, a few hours a week. So they have dedicated specialist thinking time for for action research. And we are uh, only a couple of weeks away from our next festival of practice. So it's it's been um so exciting and I think you know we've had articles in the test magazine and joy fe and again just seeing the massive boost of, to the confidence that gives is absolutely huge and should never be underestimated you know I've got a couple of articles in my office with a star that staff have written that have been published and it's so proud of them so proud of the staff and proud of the the organization for supporting staff to to do that as well and I think there is a movement, um, there's a bit of movement towards recognising that staff need time to think about their yeah. practice. Um, we know that, you know, funding can be 
you know, can tie our hands together somewhat in terms of workload and, um, and how we go about doing things. But there are colleges now recognising the importance of giving people to the time to think or reflect. Yeah. Um, and, you know, even if it is sort of bare minimum where, you know, there's this one hour a week where people, mm-hmm. teams can come together, think together, reflect together. Um, but like you said, building that up to a, a place where you've got a process by which people can apply to be part of the different pathways and like you say um be able to buy back some time yeah and it's just amazing and I think that was one of the things in the early days when I was sort of looking at getting people involved and they were like you know and I was like look I I can't give time and money at that stage you know we have to find the momentum first is is the desire to be part of this type of culture here and it was evident really quickly that it that it was. There was no sort of worry over, oh, is this going to be something that we do for a year and then people lose interest in it? Um, you know, that absolutely hasn't been the case. And, I, and I, you know, we're in the process of um, applying for funding for again for next year. And, and the plan is to significantly increase the amount of places that we that we have for action research as part of our new pathways moving forward. Um, and I, th- I think something to come back to as well as, you know, that's sort of the in-house journey. Yeah. But that wouldn't have happened without the networks that I've been able to participate in um, externally in order. Because those early days when we were starting up our, our approach to research, it felt quite lonely. I was like, is, is anybody else doing this? You know, I felt really kind of like we're down here and, you know, and in Southwest Wales, I'm like, I'm, I don't know anybody. I'm just kind of here trying to figure this out. Is this possible? Um, and then I had an introduction to the LSRM and just it snowballed. Then I went to my first meeting up in London, sat there going, oh my gosh, I shouldn't be here. Look at these amazing people that are talking about all these phenomenal things they're doing. And I was like, sit, trying to sit really small, <laughs> like, trying to disappear into my chair. Um, but I left that event with um, somebody offering to support a little bit of funding and with being introduced to people. Um, and so, I mean, Sarah Jane was a, a big person that I was introduced to first. I mean, the Festival of Practice title is, is from something she used to, you know, was doing at that time. And, and, you know, that's from her and having conversations with her in those early days. And then from there, that snowballing and meeting Lou and Joe and Sam and Kerry and yourself and Gary husband, all these different people who just, you know, whether they know it or not, have been absolutely fundamental in my own professional learning and I know I wouldn't have the confidence to be doing any of this Mm. without without their their input and their networks and that might be from listening to podcasts reading articles you know going to research meets or it's just you know sort of passively reading their twitter feeds you know it's all those kinds of things um have just played a really key role and you know it's all aligned to help support and grow that um and and that's you know i can never recommend to people enough don't don't be i think our our default often can be oh don't worry about what i'm doing just don't look at me i'm just doing something over here but actually to go you know actually we're doing something that's kind of cool and i want to share it because i want it to be better and i want it to grow and 
and the community has been so welcoming you know yeah and I think and, and it comes back to one of the things that I've kind of I've, I've been able to just see across the sector for years is you know we're all in colleges across the country trying to do similar things but not always talking to each other about yeah. it and I think that's what's been really nice about especially the last 15 months where people have really bought into that working together sort of collaborative approach because there's no point in us reinventing the wheel yeah if someone wants to start something then talking to someone who's already started that journey you can learn from what they've learned but also if you talk to someone who's also starting on a particular journey in a college you can think together and it's that diverse thinking that collaborative thinking that really helps isn't it that the momentum I think it's the generosity behind that as well and I I go back to Sarah because she I met with Sarah right I say met all online uh, to begin with right in the early days um and she was so open and so generous in her sharing of the festival of practice and that festival of practice now is a staple for us it's a huge part of what we do and that came because of her generosity um and there are so many examples I can think of all the different people that I've already mentioned who have done something where that now forms a fundamental part of our, our, our culture, you know, and, uh, you know, whether that be because they've given an idea or, you know, I mean, the big one, and I always go on about this and I, I, I'm getting, sounds a bit stalkerish now, but, um, and, and she'll laugh when I say it again, but Sam's Feed the Tree. Yeah. Okay, if people aren't down with Feed the Tree, get in on feed the tree because I remember not being able to define what what I wanted to do yeah here I knew what it was and I'd flip chart paper everywhere and it post-its and all this kind of stuff but I couldn't define it and I went to the um the virtual research meet um that, that Kerry organized and Sam talked about feed the tree and it was just like um, this moment where it all just suddenly made sense and I was like she gave me a language to define what we were trying to do here and that then I could go back to my everyone here has heard about feed the tree um, and I could go back and and I could say look we we want a culture that's not something that we roll out is not something that we and she explains this far more eloquently than me so forgive me but it's it's not something that you roll out it's not something to check a box it's not something to hit an agenda mm-hmm. it's because it actually it it shapes who you are and I think that is something now that I hold on to dear life with that when new ideas come along or when I'm thinking of new ways to shape what we're doing I go back to is it going to feed the tree or is it going to decorate the tree if it decorates the tree no we're all right does it feed what we're doing then yeah if, it, if I can say yes that this will actually keep enhancing what we're trying to do and enhance the professional learning of staff then so it's I suppose it's my little quality sort of um checker in a way and it was just that real epiphany moment where I just suddenly had the words to to um explain and and that's been lovely you know when we've been trying to roll out this culture is it's it gives me the confidence and the strength to say we can't tell people what to research I don't want us to give a list of these areas or this topic or this you know group of learners it's got to come 
from natural curiosity an individual saying do you know what I wonder if I, I wonder if we could do it like that or I wonder if oh I wonder if anyone else has tried that like that's that's the nugget but that could be about anything I mean we have um this year the umbrella idea of blended learning mm. but the the projects under that are, are so varied and so dynamic and and some are very sort of focused on a particular area others are, are much broader in terms of the the landscape they cover you know and and that for me is is really exciting great and um and, and you mentioned festival of practice yes um what how has that evolved and what does that look like what is because it sounds really exciting and i know a little bit about it but i'm sure other people want to know yeah well it it got big quite quickly <laughs> i don't <laughs> tend to start things usually do yeah <laughs> don't tend to start things small yeah. um, so the first festival we had i mean it's a two-day festival um and then at any one time there's probably 10 sessions happening that staff can select what they want to go through so there's no directive of you have to go to this session or you have to go to that you know you can say we design a website that goes along with the um with the festival so that prior to attending people can trawl all the different pages of research so they can see what they might be interested in attending um and those sessions are a mixture of the researchers themselves and then some guest speakers and also then some central sessions. So we might put on things like um, uh, action research toolkits. You know, you're interested in getting going, ready start, um, a session on sort of case studies of change. So looking at showing in-house examples of where, where sort of, you know, research has had direct impact. Um, this year though, we've got a bit more of a social media angle to it. So we're going to be doing an attempted Twitter takeover. So we'll be, um, we'll be doing some elements on that on the, um, a little bit nearer the time where we will be running sessions where we get our staff on Twitter and getting them talking on Twitter during that that session. Um, we've got uh, some lovely sessions um, amplifying Joy FE um, because it has been so fundamental to us. Um, and we're also having some thinking environment training. So there's going to be some ideas room. So it's they're really excited about it. You know, my team mm -hmm. are too. Um, and then at the end of the event, so that's sort of we have a window right at the end which where then it's like a consolidation so people then get back into their teams mm. um and have that opportunity to chat about what they saw what they liked what they want to you know perhaps try or if they miss something you know so it's and it is all about um peer-to-peer -peer sharing and, and what i'm really excited about as well i keep coming back to this complete organizational buy-in is the event itself is is launched by our executive team so they each lead a session they accompany a guest speaker um and and they they launch it and and that that um, is really exciting too because then it means everybody is involved yeah no really i think that's really great and fundamentally it's about how you live and breathe yeah what you're trying to achieve and what you're trying yeah. to do and if you've got a culture or a vision for the culture vision for what the college is about is about everybody pulling together yeah definitely to that otherwise if you're that person that's sort of on your own trying to develop something and change culture and it's not permeating the whole 
being of of an organization then you're always going to have blocks and it's always going to be challenging yeah it's you know yeah having that real discussion about what are we trying to do as a college what are we trying to achieve is 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 important at all levels isn't it and it comes back to you know the valuing of of the voice you know if everybody's involved it's there's a lovely um equality to that and i think that's really important in professional learning is that you know professional learning isn't dependent on where you are in an organization how long you've been in it you know whether you're brand new or have been in it 30 years mm. I think the best thing with professional learning is when you can remove all of that and it's just people in a room learning from from somebody else you know that's that for me is always a goal that you know you can draw on that experience or you can draw on all different elements but ultimately we're just just having a sharing experience you know Great. Thank you so much for joining me. It's been amazing. No problem at all. Thank you so much for having me. Take care and speak to you soon. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Teaching Excellence podcast. Leave us a voice message in Anchor. Tweet us and let us know what you think or what you want to hear on the show. Tune in next week for more. Have an amazing week and be the best version of you.